G'day, welcome to this series, Investigating Jesus Christ. Together we will explore the life of the most amazing person who ever lived, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Jesus has died on the cross. That's what we saw in our last episode. But what has Jesus' death done for all of humanity? All human beings in their natural state are born sinners, separated from God, and have rebelled against God. However, because of Jesus' death on the cross, God now offers forgiveness, peace, and reconciliation with himself so that we can no longer be his enemies. It is through the cross of Jesus Christ, and only through the cross of Jesus Christ, that people can be made just or right before God. It cleanses people from sin, and it makes people right before Almighty God. Because of the cross of Jesus Christ, people can now have direct access to God, and what's more, Jesus Christ intercedes for us. And because of Jesus Christ's death on a Roman cross, all those who follow him have freedom from the power of slavery to sin, and we have freedom from the power of the devil. None of those things are true if we are not following Jesus. So why did Jesus go to the cross? As we've just said, sin is what separates humans from God, and as a consequence leads to both a spiritual and a physical death. In the Old Testament, sins were dealt with by blood sacrifices of atonement, which acted as coverings for sin. For without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission or forgiveness of sin. And a blood sacrifice is God's way of dealing with sin. These blood sacrifices of the Old Testament signified several things. It provided a covering for sin. It showed the great cost of sin. It was an exchange or substitution. And these Old Testament sacrifices were always only going to be a temporary measure as it pointed forward to the Messiah and the death of the Messiah. The Messiah we know is Jesus Christ. So what is the solution? The solution lies not in those continual animal sacrifices of the Old Testament, because as Hebrews chapter 10 verse 4 reminds us, the blood of animals cannot take away sin, but was always only going to be a veneer or a covering. That is why it was necessary to repeat time and time again. It is only through the death of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, that sin is taken away because Jesus is the permanent sacrificial substitute. 
So Jesus is our substitution. Jesus Christ died for our sin, the just one for the unjust people. That is how God is both just and the justifier of sinners. That is why Jesus Christ needed to be both fully God and fully human. If he lacked either, it would not be the full substitutionary sacrifice that was necessary to bear the permanent consequences of sin. When Jesus died on the cross, in our place, he bore the consequences of all sin, past, present and future. He, therefore, became sin for humanity, and it was his precious blood as a lamb without spot or blemish that fulfills God's requirements permanently. And then there is the propitiation. Now we have to remember that towards sin and sinful behaviour, God has great fury, anger and wrath. We see that in Jeremiah chapter 21 verse 5, for example. And yet, as Micah chapter 7 verse 18 says, God is slow to anger and quick to forgive. So what does this word propitiation have to do with God's anger and wrath? Propitiation basically means the turning aside of God's anger by the offering of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. God's anger and judgment of sin falls on him instead of on us. And in order to accept this propitiation, we need to approach God to appease his anger. One of Jesus' good friends, the Apostle John, writes this in chapter 2, verse 2 of his first letter. 1 John 2, verse 2. He, speaking of Jesus, is the atoning sacrifice for our sins and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Later on in that same letter, in 1 John 4 verse 10, John writes, This is real love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as a sacrifice or propitiation to take away our sins. And then it was a redemption. Not only was it a substitution and a propitiation, but it was also an act of redemption. In the time of the New Testament, this word was used to refer to the buying back of a slave, the price paid to buy the slave's freedom. God paid redemption so that humans can be freed from the slavery to sin. The price was paid by Jesus Christ, and so we are redeemed with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. But it is our responsibility, each of us, to choose that way. God does not coerce forcefully. He leaves it as a choice for humans to make as individuals. And not only was it victory over sin, it was also a victory over Satan and death.
As we look back through the gospel accounts, we see Jesus being tempted and taunted by Satan. We see the temptations in the wilderness. Satan using the apostle Peter to try and deflect Jesus away from the cross. And we see Satan using Judas to betray him. If Jesus had ever succumbed to temptation and sinned in thought, word, action or inaction, then he himself would have needed a saviour. That is why Jesus Christ is a perfect sacrifice, because he never sinned and always did what he saw God the Father wanting him to do. Jesus' death on the cross is the centrepiece of all human history and the focal point of eternity. At the cross, Jesus' mission is accomplished. At the cross, this God-man, Jesus Christ, paid the penalty for all sin of all time so that people can have the opportunity to be restored back into relationship with God. Some people say that Jesus didn't die on the cross, but rather somebody was made to be his substitute. But I want to tell you that this is a lie of the devil. Nobody could have been a substitute, or the Jewish leaders would have said so when the rumours of Jesus' resurrection began to circulate. The Romans kept strict discipline and regimen, and nobody would have been able to get in amongst the Roman soldiers and somehow substitute themselves for Jesus. Yes, somebody else carried the cross for him, but nobody, but nobody but Jesus Christ himself was nailed to that cross. Jesus died on that cross, and there was no substitute. And the cross is not merely a symbol to be placed around the neck as an item of jewellery or fashion. The cross is not meant to portray Jesus as some form of sadomasochistic tragi-hero as some people would make it out to be. As we have seen, the cross is God's solution to the problem of sin, suffering, death and pain. The cross is a choice. You can choose to deny the cross and say it doesn't matter, that it is an irrelevance, and that, of course, is your right. As we said previously, God will not force people to love him. If he did, he would have created Adam so that Adam would automatically have loved him and not given him free will to rebel. That way the cross would not have been needed. But... Such is the enormity of the love of God that each person has a choice to make. Follow Jesus, take up your own cross and be an overcomer for him. Or we can be a person who denies the cross and its meanings and when Jesus Christ comes again in judgment and he is coming again in judgment, they will find that he denies them entrance into his glorious kingdom. How a person thinks of the cross ultimately has relevance to them and affects their reality. The cross epitomizes God's glory, and if there was to be any other way that he could restore people back into relationship with himself, surely he would have done it that way. But there was no other way. His son, Jesus Christ, simultaneously fully God and fully man, died on a Roman cross. He took on the sins of the world, paying the greatest price so that people, you and I, 
can be restored back into relationship with God the Father. Jesus Christ, substitution, propitiation, redemption. That includes you and me. And what is our response to this to be? Sacrifice, substitution, propitiation and redemption can be summed up in one word, love. For 1 John 3.16 states, This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. Jesus told all people who were to follow him to take up their own cross if they were to follow him as his disciple. Are you, if you are a Christian disciple, willing to take up your cross and do all you can to love others? The price to pay for true followers is that we must surrender completely to God. We must identify with Jesus in suffering and in death. And finally, we must follow him obediently wherever he would lead. The cross is amazing love in action and is ignored at peril. Let each of us go forward in hope and faith, choosing deliberately not to boast in anything else save only of Jesus Christ and him crucified. The wisdom of God is exhibited on and in the cross of Jesus Christ. It is foolishness, but only to those who don't accept it. That's it. Come back every day to Partaker's Podcasts to learn more about how you can live as a disciple of Jesus Christ in the 21st century. See you later.